for the past five weeks, we've, we've looked at what the Bible teaches about forgiveness. We've, we've explored what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. We've exposed the causes and the curses of forgiveness. We've seen that our source of forgiveness is who? Jesus Christ. He, he's the source of our forgiveness. And, and we've seen, we've, we, we, last Sunday and the Sunday before, we set forth the steps. It's a process. It's a process. And we set forth those steps. And, and today, I want to deal with, an, with another issue, maybe a final issue, uh, concerning forgiveness. And, and this may be an issue that you struggle with. And it, it could be one that, that's standing in your path right now that's blocking you from experiencing the freedom that comes when forgiveness is offered. You know, perhaps you've exercised that choice, and we talked about this. There's a choice that's made at some point to forgive. That's, that's where it begins. I, I choose to forgive whoever for whatever. And maybe you, you've, you've, you've done that. You've exercised it. But for some reason, you can't get past the hurt or the wound or the offense. Maybe it just, it just won't go away. And you've done what God tells you to do. Maybe you've gone to counselors or pastors or psychologists or psychiatrists. And, and maybe you're on medication right now because you just can't, it just won't let you alone. It won't go away. You're still wracked with guilt, shame, and condemnation. And maybe, maybe though the door's open to that prison cell that we've talked about, you're still in the prison cell. And you can't seem to get out. Now, there, there are a lot of people that would, would try to help you and tell you that you need to forgive yourself. How many of you have ever been told, I need to forgive myself? Okay, let's... Okay. I want you all to listen to me this morning, and I, I please hear my heart. When I began, the beginning of this week, I was going to preach a sermon on that. Okay? The only problem is there's no source material for it in Scripture. Okay? And I'll explain what I'm talking about in a minute. All right? Forgive yourself comes from the secular world. It comes out of psychiatry and psychology. It comes from the self-help folks. It doesn't come from the Bible. Most of us have been told, you know what? You need to forgive yourself. You've probably heard that. But you know what? You may be stuck there. I need to forgive myself. I just can't. I need to forgive myself. I just can't. I can't. I can't. You know what? You can't. Okay? You can't. I'm saying that in love. You can't forgive yourself. You can't. It's not possible. You don't have that kind of power. Okay? It's not your responsibility either. The idea that, that you must forgive yourself is not taught in Scripture. Okay, Now, if you think it is, if you'll show me the error of my ways when we get through, I'll, 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 I'll recant what I was about to say, and I'll, I'll preach something else next Sunday. But it's not there. I looked because I, I really... Here's, here's how I approach God's Word. If it's taught, then I'm supposed to teach it. If it's not taught, I need to be really careful. Okay? And one of the things early on in ministry I decided is that I wasn't going to make God's Word fit what I preached. I was going to make what I preached 
fit God's word. Okay? So so when I share something, it's because I believe the scriptures teach it. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find one thing. I couldn't find anything that Jesus and Jesus talked about forgiveness all the time. I mean, he's the one that said, hey, if you guys don't forgive each other, God's not going to forgive you. He's the one that taught us to pray. Father, as we forgive those who forgive us, as we've already forgiven those who've trespassed against us. But nowhere does he ever say, forgive yourself. He doesn't say that. And so this morning, we're just going to look at some things. We're going to look at what we really need to do and maybe why we hadn't done it, if, if that helps you some. And I'm going to preach fast, okay? So you're going to have to listen fast, all right? If you miss something, hopefully it'll be on the tape. Forgiveness is grace. And if, if there's still some guilt or shame or condemnation there, you know what? It's because you've not tasted grace in that area. You know, if God's forgiven you, He's forgiven you. And if you've forgiven the people that you need to forgive, you've dealt with it. Okay? Well then, Pastor, why does it still hang on? Why, why do I still wrestle with it? Well, Scripture teaches us there are two kinds of forgiveness taught in the Bible. I'm going to, for, for lack of better words, I'm going to talk about them this way. There's vertical forgiveness. And by vertical forgiveness, I mean God forgives us of the sins that we've committed. Okay? And it's important that you understand that. God forgives us. It's vertical. It's, it's from heaven downward. No matter what we do, no matter how much we work, no matter what length we're willing to go to, we can't pay for our sins. Amen? Now, we say that. Everybody in here give a hearty amen. But that's not always how we live. See, we, live, we, we believe in our heads that God forgives our sins, but we act with the rest of us like we have to, we have to do penance. We have to pay for them. And folks, that's not what Scripture teaches I ask, I've probably asked this, I've asked it a thousand times at least, but, but if we could pay for our sins, where would we have to go? Oh, this is not a hard question, okay? Everybody in here knows the answer to this. We'd have to go to hell, amen? Because that's where, that's where those who don't get their forgiveness from Jesus Christ, will eventually choose to go. You say, they choose to go there? Yes, they choose to go there. God sends no one to hell. We choose whether or not we will receive him or not. So we make the choice. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay? It was not prepared for human beings. But folks, there will be people there that have chosen to go there to pay for their sins. Now, how long do you have to stay to pay? Forever. How long is forever? Forever and ever and ever. You remember when we were in when we were in the, the book of Matthew in Matthew chapter eighteen, and we were talking about the servant who owed the debt that he couldn't repay, uh, and we calculated, did some calculating, and we came up with he would have to work every day for a hundred and sixty-four thousand years. That's every day, seven days a week, 
daylight to dark. That's not the eight-hour work week, 40 hours a week. That's daylight to dark. And Jesus told that story so that we'd understand there's no way you, me, us, we can't pay our debt. We owe a debt we cannot pay. That's what Jesus was teaching there. And so only God can forgive sins. And he has chosen to do that through Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did. I I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. It will be on the screen. I want you to mark this passage in your Bible. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. This is what it says. And when you were dead in your transgressions. When you were dead in your transgressions. What's dead? Are there any shades of dead? And I'm I'm not trying to be funny. When you're dead, you're dead. I mean, you're dead as a doornail. Okay? I mean, you're just dead. There's no degrees of death. There's death. Death also means separated. It's cessation of life, but it's also separation from God. And so when we're, we were dead in our trespasses, we were, we were dead spiritually speaking. We had no life, but we were also separated from God. That's what he's saying there. When you, and you were dead in your transgressions. You were eternally separated from God by sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now, we read right over that. We don't pay much attention. But, but if you put that in language that we can understand, when you had no covenant with God. You were outside the covenant. You were foreigners. How many of you have ever been to a, to a country outside of our country? A lot of you have. You know what? It's unnerving when you don't speak the language. And you don't look like anybody else. And you don't know what's going on. And somebody's talking to you as fast as they can go, and you don't have a clue what they're saying, and they have a gun. Okay, it's scary. It's really scary. Or you get pulled over, and everybody has a gun, and they're looking through little a black toboggan with, with their eyes peered out with Kevlar on. It's really scary, isn't it? That This is what... Jesus, I mean, this is what Paul is saying here. Is you didn't have a covenant. You were a, you were a stranger, an alien. You were outside the protection of God. And then he says this. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us. What he's saying there is he pardoned us. He pardoned our sins, and we we don't long we no longer he doesn't demand any longer any payment for them. He he doesn't demand any punishment for them. We don't have to do penance. We don't have to work. Okay, we don't have to go through these steps. He he. This next line that he puts in this verse, he says, he says, having forgiven us all. How much is all? Is that everything? That's everything. Having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt. What does that mean, having canceled out the certificate of debt? It means he washed it off. Any of you ever erased the blackboard when you were a kid in school? That's what it means. He erased the blackboard in our life. 
It's gone. Gone. When God looks at us, He doesn't see it anymore. He's, he's wiped it out. It mean, it mean, and He's not only wiped it off the board, folks, He has wiped it from His memory. He has chosen no longer to remember it against us. And then He says this. I want you to listen to this. Having forgiven us all our transgressions, and having canceled out the certificate of death, debt, consisting of decrees against us. This, this, this was the penalty for our sins. What? There's a penalty for, for every sin that we have committed. There's a penalty. You know what it is? It's death. 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 I don't know about you, but, 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 but I got a, a tractor trailer load of debt, spiritually speaking, Okay? All of it says death, death, death. But listen to what Jesus did. He has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Listen to me. When someone is crucified, they never get down. They cannot unnail themselves from the cross. They die there. Listen to me. Our debt has been nailed to the cross. It never comes off as far as God's concerned. Okay? So there's vertical forgiveness. We know the Bible teaches that, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross for your sins. He died on the cross for my sins. I want you to say something out loud with me. Okay? Jesus died for my sins. Okay? Jesus died for my sins. My sins. And he paid for every one of them. Folks, our sins have been nailed to the cross. They've been put to death. They're dead. Okay, if they're dead, then stop trying to make payment on things for which there is no bill. Let me say that again. Stop trying to make a payment for something for which there is no bill. If God has forgiven you, you are forgiven. Bury the dead. Dig you a little hole in that little prison cell. Dump that stuff in there. Scrape the dirt back over it and walk out. Taste the grace. There's vertical forgiveness. But there's also horizontal forgiveness. Okay? And by that I mean we are called to forgive those people that have hurt or wounded or offended us. It's vertical. We do what God has done for us. He works through us, and we extend that forgiveness vertically. I mean, horizontally. Up, down, okay. Left, right. I got a lot to keep on my mind up here, okay? Horizontally. Horizontal forgiveness only comes when God works through us. He gives us the ability and the authority and the power to do that. Listen to what Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says. For if you forgive men and women for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men and women, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. Now, listen to me. That's what that says in English. That's what it says in Greek. It's pretty simple. If I'll forgive, God forgives me. If I don't, then you know what? There's a bottleneck with my stuff. 
Forgiveness is extended as well as it is received. Unless you extend it, you don't receive it. That's what Jesus is saying. I can't just, you know, I can't just do what I want. I have to extend the forgiveness. God's forgiven us for our sins. We have to give others for their sins. That's the facts. Now, some of you are thinking, but pastor, you don't understand how I feel. You don't understand the, the guilt and the, and the shame and the condemnation that I'm racked with. I just can't let it go. It, it's become my constant companion. This is how I feel. Now listen to me. How you feel is important. Okay, I'm not making light of that. Don't hear me say that. How you feel is how you feel. I never, and I want you to understand something. I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to be set free from any bondage that you're walking in. But you know what? The way you feel is wrong if they contradict the facts of God's Word. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter how I feel if it contradicts what God says is true. Feelings can never override the fact of God's Word. When our feelings get out of balance, we call it humanity, okay? Any of y'all ever have feelings that get out of balance? I had some yesterday called anger. I'm not a very good carpenter. Laid everything out, measured everything. It wasn't, it, it was something wrong. It was three-eighths of an inch out. You say, well, Nelson, that's not much. I'd be happy with that. Well, that doesn't work when you're trying to put, when you're trying to be level and plumb and everything. So you know what? I got angry. I had some feelings. And I just had to deal with my feelings. And folks, God's Word says that He forgives us. And when He forgives us, all the garbage is wiped away. We are new creations. That means we are not like we were. That's dead. It's buried in God's mind. He buried the old person and raised us to walk anew. So folks, facts are not based on feelings. Facts are based on the Word of God. Feelings change. Feelings, feelings are, are, are changed by situation with temperature. I mean, you mash your finger and guess what? In a moment, a good day goes to a bad day. Somebody swerves over and, and sideswipes you on your way to work and the best day of the year just goes right in the hopper, doesn't it? Feelings can change. But folks, the facts are eternal. When God speaks, what He says is true today, tomorrow, and forever. Okay? So He's forgiven us. And He's willing to forgive us if we've not asked Him for anything that we've done. Do you realize that? There's nothing that you can do that if you repent of it, I don't mean be sorry for it. I mean, God, I've, I've done this. And I alone am responsible for this. And God, this is against your word, and I repent. I confess it as sin, and I repent. God can forgive you. God will forgive you. Folks, we have to embrace and believe the facts. And you know what will happen? Eventually, our feelings will fall in line, and they will change. But pastor, 
I've done this, and I've done this, and I've hurt so many people, and, and, I, and, and, and I've been hurt so badly, and you just don't understand. There's some people in here thinking this right now. Okay? You don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through. I really don't. And what happened to you is a fact. It did happen. It did happen. But you know what? Your problem is not what's been done to you or what you've done. Your problem is you refuse to believe what God says. That's where we get mixed up. And that's where we get locked in that prison that has no door. See, the prison of unforgiveness has a door. But when you put the key in it and you forgive that person, the door comes open. But when I don't believe that I'm forgiven, or I don't believe that, that, that God should let me off for this, I refuse to go out of that prison. So it has no door. It's open, but I'm afraid to go outside. I feel condemned. I feel shame. I feel guilt. Folks, guilt is a good thing. It helps us realize we've done something wrong. But when we repent, the guilt is gone. And what we feel after that is a false guilt. It's not a real guilt. It's not guilt from God. Guess where it comes from? Satan. Guess where the shame comes from? Satan. Guess where the condemnation comes from? Satan. Listen to me. Write this one down in your Bible because this is one of the, the most liberating verses in all of Scripture. 1 John 1, 9. If. Starts with an if. It's conditional. Okay, it's conditional. The first part is, if I or if you or if we confess our sins. Okay, there's the condition. If we'll confess our sins, if we'll say, God, you are correct. I agree with you. What I've done is wrong. If we will confess our sins, God is faithful. God is righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, what does it say if we will do? If we'll confess our sins, what will God do? He'll forgive us. He'll forgive us. Perhaps the problem is, is not with who you think you are, okay? Maybe the problem of not being able to let it go. Maybe the problem that, well, I need to forgive myself has nothing to do with who you think you are, but it has to do with who you believe God to be and whether or not he can do what he says he can do. You know what? Sometimes God, not sometimes, this is 100% true of all. God sees us differently than we see ourselves. Do you realize that? When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? Now, I don't mean physically, okay? I'm not pleased with what I see physically, but okay, but that's just a part of getting older, okay? It's just it is life. But when you look when you when you take time to look at yourself, where you've been, what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you hadn't accomplished, what do you see? A lot of people see failure. They say failure. You know what? When God looks at us, he does not see failure. He sees Jesus. He sees potential, unlimited potential. And so a lot of times, the reason we can't let go of something 
We can't let go of, of that pain. We can't let go of, 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 of that hurt is because we don't see ourselves like God sees us. See, we see that pain or that hurt or that offense as a part of us. And folks, I've said this over and over and over. What's been done to you is not who you are. And what you've done is not who you are. If Jesus lives in you and you've been born again, you know what? He says who we are. He says we are the sons and the daughters of the king. We are born again, blood-bought children of the king. You say, well, I don't feel that way. Okay, which are you going to trust? How you feel or what God says? That's, it's that, I could stop preaching there. I've got a few more points I need to go to. But if you're not going to believe what God says, you know what? You're never going to feel any different. Get the facts in order. Get them in order. And the feelings will change. Now, sometimes the reason we have those feelings and we can't let it go and we think, you know, forgiving myself would be the issue that if I just let it go myself, I'd feel all right. Sometimes that comes because we have a distorted view of what salvation really is. In other words, we don't understand what God's done for us. Folks, when we were yet sinners, the Bible says Jesus died for us. Not when he had that little group in Jerusalem and they were his, did he die for them. Okay? He died for us. He was slain before the foundation of the world. It was already in God's plan to do it. You know what? God took it on himself to pay for our sins. How many of you realize that the, the Romans did not put Jesus to death? They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus himself said, I choose to lay my life down. I can lay it down. I can take it up. But you know what? What we don't realize is that it was God who sacrificed his son. God killed Jesus. Now, I know that's kind of harsh. That's not going to sit well with some people. Remember the picture of Abraham on the mountain? Isaac stretched out over the pile of wood, fire in one hand and knife in the other. Abraham didn't have to do it because God had already done it. God did the same exact thing, except it wasn't Isaac. It was Jesus. Scripture says in, in Isaiah 53.10, But the Lord was pleased... To crush him. To crush who? To crush Jesus. Putting him to grief. Literally making him sick. If he would render himself, his soul, as a guilt offering. And that's what Jesus did. We don't deserve that. How many of you think you deserve that? None of us. We don't deserve that, right? We don't deserve it. But guess what? Grace gives us what we don't deserve. Justice gives us what we do deserve. God didn't give us justice. He gave us grace. He carried out the justice on his son who didn't deserve it. We got grace. Folks, we don't deserve it. God, but God has given us abundant and eternal life. Now, 
the thing is, is God assumed the full cost of it. See, this is where this is where we kind of get off track. It's salvation by grace. I mean, how many of you have been taught that all your life? Both hands. And it is. It's salvation comes by grace. But as the moment we get saved, we do our best to live under the covenant of works. In other words, God will love me if I'll do this. If I don't do this, God will love me more. And folks, God's love doesn't change. He saved you by grace. You know what? He'll keep you by grace. I don't believe you can lose your salvation. If God paid for it, He made the payment, you're not God. Therefore, there's nothing you can do if you've truly been saved to change that. Now, there are a lot of people who've made professions but, were, but had no possession. They never were indwelt by the Spirit of God. They just said some words. They prayed a prayer. They walked an aisle. In a moment of, of, of overcome by whatever, they said, God, if you'll get me out of this, I promise I'll do whatever. That's not salvation, folks. When salvation takes place, God changes us from the inside out. We are born again. Remember Nicodemus, he, he just couldn't, how can I go again into my mother's womb? Jesus said, you're the teacher of Israel. You don't understand, you have to be born again. See, when we're born again, we're born new. Behold, all things are gone. We're new creations. So sometimes, folks, we, we don't understand salvation. Ephesians, I love what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And that, not of yourself, it's a gift of God. God has given us the gift of salvation. And folks, that salvation does, just, does not just get us into heaven. It gives us access to abundance in this life. Jesus died to give us eternal life, but he also died to give us abundant life. That's what he said in John chapter 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, it may just be because the, your understanding of salvation is, is off a little bit. But it, it, it could be that, that we've not applied those benefits through faith. You know what? Declares, when God declared us not guilty, when he said we are forgiven, folks, he said those sins, those judgments, those penalties of condemnation are wiped away. Romans chapter Eight, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What that means is, is there is no longer any penalty for the sins you've committed. If there's no penalty, therefore, there, is no more, there are no more sins. That's what Scripture teaches. When Jesus died, he paid the penalty. Therefore, we can no longer pay it again. If, you've, if, if you're struggling... If you're struggling with, with the idea of forgiving yourself, you need to go to Romans chapter 8, and you need to live in this chapter until you figure out that God loves you. Listen to me. This is, this is what it says. If God is for us, who can be against us? What's the answer to that? If God's your big brother, and he walks to school with you, guess what? There are no bullies going to mess with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul's 
expecting the readers to say, well, nobody. Okay. If he didn't spare his own son, but he delivered up his own son for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Paul's expecting for the people who read this to say, he will, even forgiveness. Even forgiveness. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God's the one who justifies. Who's the one who condemns? Who is the one that condemns? S-A-T-A-N. Satan. Satan. God doesn't condemn. God's the one who justifies. Who's the one that condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. Yes, rather, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's the answer? No one. Paul says, Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That's Romans 8, 31 through 35. None of those things can separate us. And at the end of this chapter, this is what he says. For I am convinced. It is fixed in my heart that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, if you're struggling with applying the forgiveness God has given or the a forgiveness that maybe uh, someone else has given you, take that verse, type it out, put it on the dash of your car, on your refrigerator, on your mirror, and read it and read it and read it and read it until it moves from here to here. And you'll be changed. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. Folks, if God doesn't condemn us, why in the world would we keep condemning ourselves? Why would we condemn ourselves if God does not condemn us? You don't need to forgive yourself. You just need to believe what God has done is complete. If God's forgiven me, why do I need to forgive myself? I just need to step into the grace of what He's done. Listen, can you change the situation? Can you go back and undo it? No. What's done is done. Then what I need is the grace that God gives. I just need to taste that grace. Now, there are a couple other reasons, and I'm going to cover them quickly. Sometimes we just have a warped view of who God is, okay? Sometimes we develop our view of God and how God relates to us not from the Bible, but from how our Father related to us. Not everybody had the greatest dad. And even if you had the greatest dad, he messed up. And if you're a dad, guess what? You mess up. Amen? This is pick on dad day. I'll say nothing about it moms okay we mess our kids up we don't in most of us don't intentionally do that but we do we don't we do my dad was very quiet didn't talk a lot my dad 
believe that if you're going to do something, y'all do it right, 100% of the time. So you, you never got that pat on the back that you needed, okay? It, it wasn't that he didn't love me. It's just he didn't ever get it, so he didn't, he didn't give what he, what he had never gotten, okay? But what happens is very often we get a picture of God that way. And then we begin to, we begin to believe that God acts this way. You know, maybe the God you serve is legalistic. He's got these rules and these regulations. And he expects you to keep every daggum one of them. Okay? You don't need Jesus if that's what you believe. Okay? Because your, your salvation is going to come from whether or not you can do everything. Now, here's what Scripture teaches. That if you sin in one of the letters of the law, guess what? All the dominoes fall down. Nobody could do that. Read the Old Testament. That's why he sent Jesus. So if our God is legalistic and angry and harsh, then you know what? We got to be perfect. And folks, we can't be perfect. Maybe, maybe that's not your God. Maybe your God is, is more of the gotcha God. I know, let me explain what I mean. I know people that, that wander around in fear that God's going to zap them if they mess up. Like he's, like he's, like he's a gunslinger with his, with his you know, hand like this so he can draw it and just pop you every time. You, that's not God. That's just not God. He's not a gotcha God in that way. Maybe, maybe your God's just absent. He's just not around. And you got to do the best you can. And one day when you get to heaven, you just hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, the best I could do will be good enough. Because God's not there to help you. Folks, none of those pictures are biblical pictures of God. Okay? None of them. But you know what? Our picture of God colors the way we look at ourselves, and it colors the way we give or receive forgiveness. It really does. I'm going to read one verse out of Scripture. This is one of my favorite verses. I wish I had time to expound on it. I don't. But it's pretty straightforward. Here's what God says in Isaiah. Excuse me. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. He says, I have loved you. I have loved you. I have loved you. With, a, with an everlasting love. In other words, that love never ends. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, because of that, I have drawn you with loving kindness to myself. That word loving kindness is the, is the Hebrew word kesed. And it's the Old Testament word grace. I have loved you with grace, I have drawn you to myself. That word drawn there is I have wooed you. I have, I have wooed you like a, a lover would woo their lover. And I've done it with grace. I, I've, I've laid that grace out so that you pick up those rose petals and come to me. So you'll understand that, that I, that's the picture of God. Now, I'm sorry, that verse doesn't look like the gotcha God. That, that verse doesn't look like the absent God. That verse doesn't look like the angry, legalistic God. That looks like the God who, for God so loved the world, 
that he gave his son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, let the truth of God's word sink in for a minute. God's forgiven you. Why would you have to forgive yourself? Just believe what God's done. Maybe, and here's the final reason. Maybe the reason the guilt and the shame and the condemnation remains is that you truly have not repented of it. Okay, here's, here's where sometimes it gets a little dicey. Sometimes we're sorry we did it. There's remorse, but there's no repentance. In other words, I haven't turned and gone back to God. I've stayed right where I am. Sometimes that happens because we just don't believe what God says. Well, Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. But I know what God said. And I know what God did for both of us. Pastor, you, you, I just, I don't agree with God. I think what they did to me is above what he can do. Now, we would never say that out loud, but we live that. Or, I believe what I did to them was justified. I was justified. I was justified in, in giving, I mean, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's what they did in the Old Testament, isn't it? I've heard this before, okay? <laughs> the rest is why I'm saying this. Yes, that's exactly what they did in the Old Testament. And you know what happened? It was like the Hatfields and McCoys. This one would do this. This one would come and do it again. They'd back and forth for generations. Folks, we don't live under law anymore. We live under grace. Grace gives what's not deserved. And it gives it abundantly. Maybe you've voiced a prayer. God, I'm sorry. But you didn't take responsibility for what you've done. I want you to hear something this morning, especially husband and wives and those of you that are married. When you forgive or when you ask for forgiveness, it cannot be just so that we don't have to deal with this anymore. Okay? We have to deal with it till we get it dealt with. All right? If we don't deal with it, it just keeps coming up. Amen? So, so when, when, when somebody forgives somebody else, they're not saying, okay, let's just put this behind. I know I've talked to husbands before. Okay, let's just, I, I, forgive me and da-da-da-da-da. What that means is, you know what, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Please don't bring it up. If it's not dealt with, it's not dealt with. You can ask for forgiveness and you can offer forgiveness, but what happens is in the process you work out the issue and you move on. Okay, it has to, if, if you don't work out the issue, the problem's still there. Folks, the solution in this and what I've been talking about is just repentance. God, I repent. I'm sorry. I want to do differently. Please help me. Maybe this morning you're just struggling to, for, to accept God's forgiveness by faith. Folks, the solution, and, and it, it's, it's, it's simple. It's hard to do, okay, but it's simple. It's just I have to remind myself over and over and over and over that God's forgiven me. Nelson, I'm forgiven for that. 
I'm forgiven. When Satan brings it up, you know what? In Jesus' name, God's forgiven me for this. I keep doing it. And what happens is it moves from what I know up here to what is in here. And when it moves here, you know what? Nobody can change my mind. I can remember uh, struggling with my salvation. I had done exactly what God's Word said. But the devil would show up every day, and every time I'd do something wrong, he'd point it out, and he'd say, you can't be saved, or you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't have thought that. You wouldn't have said that. So I struggled for years and years, till one day I realized that God said that when I do this, he does this. Then it's done. So it doesn't matter what I think, it's what he says. It doesn't matter how I feel, it's what the fact is. And all of a sudden, that salvation that God had already given me dropped from here to here. And you know what? There's not anybody on the face of this earth that can talk me out of the knowledge that I am saved and saved and saved. It's a settled fact in my heart. Folks, the same is true with forgiveness. If God's forgiven us, and we've forgiven that person that hurt us, or that person has come to us and asked us to forgive them, we said, you're forgiven. Then you know what? It's dealt with. Then we need to accept it. And we need to live out of the grace that God gives us. This morning, some of us in this room just need to taste the grace of God's forgiveness. We just need to accept what He's done for us. And it changed the way we live. We, just, we need to, to just realize that what Jesus did on the cross secured our forgiveness. You know what? As you begin to taste that, you need to do something. You need to bind. We have the ability to loose, and we have the ability to bind. You know what? We need to bind that guilt. We need to bind that condemnation. We need to bind that shame. We need to bind that fear. And we need to tell it to go. To get out, go to the feet of Jesus in Jesus' name. Folks, Jesus set us free. And if he set us free, and you're the only one who knows what he's done in your life, if he has sent you free, the Bible says you are free. You don't need to forgive yourself. You just need to experience the forgiveness and the freedom. In Jesus' name, let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.